Blog Talk Radio. Oh, man. The life of podcast. Sean Heinberger, you on the line? I am here. I am here. Glad to uh, be here. Short notice, long notice, or otherwise. <laughs> oh, I hear you, man. I hear you, man. You know, this is um, uh, the Fight Heads podcast here where we break down all the boxing that's, uh, that happens in the, you know, the, the current times and, and past times sometimes as well. I mean, uh, I'm with uh, Sean Heinberger, the wealth of boxing knowledge. I am Ramon R.L. Malpica. And, Sean, uh, real quick, real quick, um, just want to <laughs> let you know that since we have switched to the, bo- to the podcast format, which Blog okay. Talk has now officially um, changed – us from a live show to a podcast, some things changed that I didn't realize. And one of those things is I can no longer direct connect through my computer. I have to call in as well. So I'm actually on my phone. So if I, if I sound different, I apologize. Um, number two, they'll only allow us to do a 30-minute show. So needless to say, everyone out there, it's going to be a short show, but we will get to the point. It uh, be very uh, high-impact show on everything that happened over the weekend. And – Best believe that I will be looking for another um, uh, podcast hosting service that will allow me to go more than 30 minutes because that is absolutely ridiculous. Um, but um, let's let's get it going, Sean, man. Let's let's talk boxing. A lot of boxing over the weekend. Where do you want to start, man? Uh, you know, best fight of the weekend was the Ray Beltran fight, I thought. I uh, was very pleasant, happy for Beltran. Pleasantly surprised by Paulus Moses, who I expected was just going to fall over, and he fought very well in in a close fight. And uh, I thought the judging was a little off, but the right guy won. I agree. I agree. And um, it it was a pleasant surprise. You know, Beltran's been on a pretty good run, you know, everything post uh, the Crawford fight. So um, and his he's got a great story as well. So it, it, it's good. It, it was good to see him in the ring and, and kind of see what he can do. Um, what do you think? What do you think that lines him up for? Uh, sure, looks like it's going to be uh, Vasily Lomachenko after this uh, Lomachenko Lenaris thing has fallen through. I think Beltran's the guy that makes a lot of sense, and it would get Lomachenko a lightweight belt. I think you're going to see Lomachenko Beltran. In May, assuming that Beltran's cuts heal, somehow I'm willing to wager that a career-high payday might uh, get that rolling in the right direction. It's funny how people can heal faster when money's on the line. <laughs> Isn't that funny how it works that way sometimes? Oh, man. And that was that was the Friday night fight. I got to say this about that Friday night card on ESPN, man. And and, and you've been on this, this ship uh, before I was. Um, and, and and granted, I think we got to give this kid a little bit more time, but I was not impressed with Shakur Stevenson on Friday night at all. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to go as far as to say – what worries me is I, I just – he tends to slap a lot with his punches. And, and I heard this statement on two different broadcasts, and I, I think Steve Kim said it on his uh, – Steve Kim does the Thompson Boxing Show on Friday night, which I yeah. watch that too. See, I'm a junkie. And he said it, and then I think one of the ESPN guys said it. The, with Stevenson, it could very well be that he's 19 years old. He's not grown into his quote-unquote man strength yet. If that's for the sure. case, you could see the power develop as he gets older. But for now, 
when you're if you're struggling to take out guys like he's fighting now, makes you really wonder. Unless he gets an infusion of strength all at one time, it makes you wonder: is he going to be able to be physically a big enough hitter as he develops? Yeah, and then I think that's the kicker, man. Like you know, big time fighters that that usually see at this point in their career, they they look overly dominant. And um, especially based on the opposition they're facing. And I just haven't really – I mean, he's had some okay performances, but, um, you know, nothing that really makes me think, man, we got to really look out for this kid, you know, when, when he matures and whatnot. Give him some time, but I have to say, from what I've seen so far, when we were – a year ago when Top Rank was talking about the future of the featherweight division is Stevenson and Mick Conlon – I would neither one of them exactly turned me on to say that they're a sure bet. I mean, I'm not saying that they won't be, but I wouldn't call them blue chip, st- chip stocks right now. Right, right. Well, let's um, let's talk. Let's talk. Look, let's talk the headline fighter of the weekend in um, in Danny Garcia real quick because I think that obviously was the You're most high profile fighter. What, what's that? You're nicer than me. I wouldn't give him that credit, but okay. Well, I mean, based on based on everyone who fought over the weekend, he's he's probably has the biggest profile. Not saying he's the best fighter, but you know, from a from a profile standpoint, fair fair um, enough, fair enough. You know, gets a nice little highlight TKO over Brandon Rios. Um, my quick take Big on deal. it was, yeah, my 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 quick take on it is is, is two things. Number one. I think Brand, it's time for Brandon Rios to hang him up, man. Not not only the fact that he was off for a while, and, and obviously, you know, early in his career, he just didn't really take the sport or or his quote unquote, you know, his gifts you know, too seriously, which which ultimately put him in the position he is today. Um, but hearing him talk after the fight, you know, seeing seeing him at welterweight, you know, when obviously he's not a welterweight. Um, and seeing the way he went out in this fight, man, it's just, I think he needs to hang him up. Um, but for Danny Garcia, rusty or not, I mean, he's he allowed Brandon Rios in this fight way too much. I mean, in my opinion, Danny Garcia should have been able to dominate this fight from the beginning and probably ended a lot earlier than he did. Um, what was your take, Sean? I would concur with that completely. It was one of those fights, I, I had Garcia win in every round but one. But he let Ray Rios had way too many high points for Danny Garcia to feel good about this. This was in many ways, when you look at it, it was a longer version of the Rod Salka fight. Uh, he ended it with one shot is the, is the similarity. But what did he really prove? And uh, I just want to say real quick, and I promise I'm going to try to be briefer because of the 30-minute format. Uh, are you sick of this pro-wrestling-esque stuff between Keith Thurman, Sean Porter, and Danny Garcia? They all act like they're like in third grade. None of them talk about Errol Spence. They all just sit around and pat, each, pat themselves on the back. and do they, they act like they're on the third grade playground with the guy that, oh, yeah, I want to play kickball. No, I don't want to play tetherball. You know, you know me, right? Like I've always been – like I'm always into – whatever they can do to hype up a fight per se. Yeah, I'm into trash talking. I'm into some bad blood per se, but I will say this. It's getting to a point where it is WWE. It is scripted. Like it's, it's damn near every single PBC fight 
with a high-profile guy, it's like they set it up to have another guy in the division come into the ring and 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 start up something. And and it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, it was, you know, it's it's cool if it's organic, but if it now it's to the point where it's almost expected, then it, it completely loses all the luster that it could possibly have. I thought it was sure crap. It, it, it's the difference between real emotion and fake emotion. And yeah, it's, it's I, 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 it, it, to me, and you're a lot more into the you know the, the trash talk aspect than I am. I, I suppose that's the divergence in our ages. But I don't mind it when it's legitimate. You can sense that they don't – like here's an example. I'm not a Deontay Wilder fan, but when Wilder did that thing with Ortiz – after Ortiz knocked his guy out on FS1, you could tell that was legitimate, that they didn't care for each other. That was okay. That We're, was two guys that didn't like each other. This whole Thurman, Porter, Garcia, menage a trois thing, it, it's, it comes off as fake. It comes off as phony. And to me, I, I think it's, it's a waste of my time. It's not real. And all three of them, and I, I prefer Sean Porter to the best of the three because I think of the three, I think he's the guy that would actually fight anybody that you put in front of him. But it does, just it just gets old, especially from Thurman. Oh, I'm to this, I'm to this, I'm this. Dude, you haven't fought in a year. You're going to come back against somebody we never known or somebody that's been washed up. I, I don't want to hear it. Danny Garcia, you're dropping F-bombs. This is the Danny Garcia show because you knocked out a guy that's 20 pounds lighter than you that you – that, uh, I don't know. I just I I get tired of those guys. I I like Porter. I don't really like Thurman and Garcia so much. So maybe there's a mild bias, but I think all three of them act bad. I think it gets it gets old. It's not real. It, it comes across as three guys that are trying to hey, you know what? Let's really hype this thing up. Let's really work on this. Let's really show these guys that we don't like each other, and maybe people will care. That's how it comes across. Well, it comes across. That's the thing. Go like, ahead. Like like what? <clears throat> yeah, I'm into I'm into to. Tr- Trash talking, but at, in a different extent. And what I mean by that is, and I won't even say trash talking, not necessarily trash talking. I'm into um, bad blood, right? Like Reality. Benavides and and Ronald Gavril, they don't like each other. You know, you could tell that. You know, obviously from 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 a lot of things that happened in their first fight. Um, you know, when guys organically don't like, there's just a disconnect. From a personality standpoint, or sometimes it's ego, or whatever the, or maybe it's just a competitive nature. That's what I love. When it's this crap that Sean Porter was doing inside the ring, you know, to me that's, I'm out on that. And 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 Deontay Wilder, what what I liked about what he did was he wasn't disrespectful to Luis Ortiz. I mean, he just, I mean, he and he had every right to be disrespectful based on what happened, you know, with Ortiz um, having to drop out the fight because of the, the failed drug test, you know, but he was, he was, he was very concise with what he was saying and, and what, and, and whatnot. And, and that was, that was a decent buildup. This, I mean, is anybody really, I mean, are you super hyped to see Sean Porter fight Danny Garcia? I mean, it's a decent fight, but it's not like they've had bad blood for years or they've been wanting to fight each other for years or anything like that. It's kind of, it's you know what it is. It's Sean Porter not being able to find an opponent because Thurman don't want to fight him again. Garcia probably doesn't want to fight him, and he's the one guy that really doesn't have that much upside if you beat him. And he's probably the one guy that's going to give you one of the toughest fights. So I think that's a lot of frustration coming out of Porter's camp 
Um, so they wanted to stir things up a little bit. I would say that's 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 pretty dead on. And and somebody wrote, and I it might have been Steve Kim, but I'm not sure. It could have been someone else wrote that this whole thing is you can kind of get the feeling that it's scripted because that's the opposite of what Sean Porter is. Right, exactly. And I'll, exactly. And I'll buy that. Great point. It, it, that's a great it point. It seems like this is the opposite of what he is as a person from his past behavior. Where I expect, you know, this is pretty much what Thurman and Garcia's general modus operandi has been. But this is not usually how Sean Porter behaves. So you kind of got the feeling that somebody sat down, whether it was PBC or whether uh, um, somebody talked to Porter and said, look, if you want these guys to fight you, we really got to act this. We got to really give people a reason to care. Yeah, that's a good point because I, I, you know, I never thought of that. But now that I think back to Saturday night, I actually, I felt that like when he was in when he was in the ring and talking trash, like in my mind, I, I kind of felt that like it was like this doesn't this doesn't seem like Sean Porter's mo. You know what I mean? It's, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I, I would say that's true. As far as Danny Garcia goes, I mean, I, I saw a very limited guy. I think if if I think if Sean Porter actually got a Danny Garcia fight, and if they had it within a year, which you know you never know with PBC, um, I, I think Porter bullies him around. I think he wins. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's no way in the there's no way in the world. I'm real. I don't I don't know many top flight fighters that I'm favoring Danny Garcia over. One thing I noticed in this fight is he is lazy, man. He's a lazy fighter. Like, he's got, like I said, he had the ability to to take out Brandon Rios early in this fight, but he's. it's like he doesn't, you know what it is? You know, I, I, and, I, and I'm literally talking off the top of my head here. There's nothing nothing scripted or anything I even thought about talking since this is a last-minute or um, uh, podcast we're putting together. But you could tell he doesn't have passion about being a fighter. You know what I mean? Because... The way Brandon Rios was fighting, how open he was throughout this fight, how sloppy he was. Like, if Danny Garcia was truly passionate about boxing and, and wanting to put on a show, he would have dismantled Brandon Rios. And and to see how easy it was for him to knock him out in the ninth round, you know, based on a mistake that Brandon Rios made, you know, just tells me everything, anything, everything you need to know about Danny Garcia. He's just not passionate about the sport. He's just not. He's made his he, – he, he comes off, and this is just my take, I think you're pretty dead on. He comes off as a guy that has made his money. He's made his name at least as what his, at least what his name is going to be in the boxing business. And now whatever happens, happens. Yeah, pretty much. It was nice to see you. you know, I, I could do without his dad too. <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty annoying himself, man. Well, you don't really pretty, see Kenny Porter pretty. mouth off too much, do you? I mean, it, it, you don't really hear much out of Sean Porter's dad, and I don't even know if Keith Thurman's dad has anything to do with the, with the boxing business right offhand. But, God, as Angel right. Garcia, just please shut up. Man, yeah, nobody wants to hear a sure. 55-year-old guy blathering about what you're going to do. If you were going to do any of this stuff, you'd be boxing yourself. Shut up and trade your son. Well, let's um, let's let's switch course to um, the World Boxing Super Series semifinal between George Groves and Chris Eubank Jr., which I I, I feel confident in in speaking for you and saying this was probably the most anticipated fight of the weekend. Um, 
Yeah, I would say I, that was the one I was losing. The, Ramon, it's been a long time since I've, I've had a fight that close that I agonized back and forth over who to pick because it just went constantly. You know, I, w- I would think Gross for a bit, then I would think Eubank for – I just went back and forth and back and forth. It was really a 50 lot coming in. Right. Yeah, it really was. Um, I, I I thought Eubank Jr. was going to win this fight, but it became very apparent to me that I don't know if it was a size difference or what the case may be, but Eubank just wasn't able to really uh, – first of all, he started off really slow. Um, he just wasn't – he landed some shots, but he just wasn't able to really hurt Groves. And Groves is a guy that's been knocked out. You know, he's been he's been stopped and hurt before. Um then I think that was the biggest difference in the fight. You know, George Groves was much more composed in there, um, more consistent throughout the fight, and, and that's why he got the victory. Yeah, and the reason I wound up picking Chris Eubank, ironically, was because George Groves had failed so often on the big stage, uh, the two Carl yeah. Crotch fights and, and Badu Jack. And I, and I, always, I consider myself a George Groves fan, but that was probably the reason I went with Eubank. Yeah, George Groves has always failed when the when – the, uh, when the big lights were on and good for George Groves to win this one. And I don't know what they're going to do with it. Separate uh, Groves suffered a separated shoulder in the final round. Is that going to, what, what are they? I know they had talked about having standby people available for, for if a guy got hurt between the quarterfinals and the semifinals, I don't know what they do here. Do you wait for George Groves? And, and push it way back beyond where people have kind of forgotten about it. Do you? I've heard rumors that they may put Chris Eubank in there against whoever wins uh, this week. I don't know what that proves. Uh, I think it put, kind of puts can't a team onto the tournament. I, I, and yeah, if you, you can't just, do that. And if you toss a, a fresh guy in there, it's kind of not fair to uh, Callum Smith or Jurgen Bramer. I, I, this is a tough spot for them because they have said the whole time that they were the, one of the um, – when they were announcing the tournaments, if you remember, they kept talking about how we are not going to let this thing drag out like the, like the uh, Super 6 did. We are not going – this is not going to be one of those deals where we take 18 months to do a six-month tournament. And, and sure enough, they're in a spot where they've got to make a decision on what they're going to do. Here's here's the thing about it, and here's what I think they should do. Um, you can't put Eubank in there because if Eubank wins, you know, then how can you crown him the winner of the tournament when he lost to Groves? You can't you can't let it you can't um, push it back too far because people lose interest, just like you said. I think I think part of the tournament is attrition, and if George Groves is unable to go within a certain time period, you gotta you gotta mark that down as a loss to attrition. And the winner of the Callum Smith, uh, who's uh, Jurgen Bramer, fighting Jurgen Bramer yeah, uh, from Germany. The winner of that has got to be your got to be your Super Series champion. That may be what they have to do. I, to me, I think the only other alternative is is. Um, are they? It all depends on when they're going to start the next two tournaments. If they could say that it's part of like a bonus or whatever, when if now I'm trying to make this. Did they have the first round for these other ones in like October or November? I I, I would I would maybe say could say we maybe start one card earlier in September. Maybe you I mean, if you pushed it to September. 
that's not that bad. I mean, gosh, I mean, Keith Thurman takes a year off. What the hell, six months? But <laughs> I don't, I, I don't see that you can push it back any further than that. If you can't, if Grove says, if they check the shoulder out and they say, look, he's not going to be able to fight again until December, you got to make a decision one way or the other. I mean, I, sure. I would For rather sure. see it be, I'd rather see it be Groves and whomever in September. But I don't think you can go any longer than that. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. If that's man. what it takes um, to get, if if that's what it takes to get the right two guys, in, I would go as far as September. But if they said Grove, if they check him out and they say it's going to be nine months or it's going to be what? No, you you have to make a call. Whatever that call is, there's going to be no perfect scenario. But get your call and make it. For sure. For sure. Um, let's switch to the David Benavidez, Ronald Gavril rematch. Um, I'm going to say this, man. The David Benavidez I saw Saturday night, man, gets me really excited. Like, I uh, me too. loved, I loved what I saw, man. He was sharp. And granted, he said, what did he say? He had the flu in the first fight. If that's that was, true, the, you know, maybe yeah. he did, maybe he didn't. But, man, did he look extremely impressive and look to me, you know, based on what I saw, just on the eyeball test, looked like he he might be the best super middleweight in the world right now. I tweeted during that fight, and or maybe might have even been just after. Do you get the feeling that the next big fight that we talk about being ruined by boxing politics is David Benavides, Gilberto Ramirez? I just got a feeling that we're going to be really excited about both those guys, and it's going to be hard to make that fight. I just Got a feeling that's going to be the next one that we're talking about that we just can't get done. Really impressed with uh, David Benavides. And, you know, just to, just to bear with me for a second, you just gave me kind of an idea what could salvage the World Boxing Super Series. What if uh, Sourland Boxing went to, whether it be Hammond or whether it be uh, Bob Arum, and said, what would it take for you to bring Ramirez or Benavides into the, into, into the finals to fight the champion, to fight uh, the winner? If Groves can't go, that would, to me, be the only arguable thing that could maybe save it, because you would have a legitimate world champion coming in. To me, that's just an idea to throw out there. The only issue, like, like okay, if you're Callum Smith, let's say Callum Smith wins, right? All right, so Callum Smith wins that fight, and then they come to you and say, you know what, Groves can't go. We're going to pull in David Benavides, which is probably more likely, granted, he's with uh, PBC, right? So I would say. Um, yeah, so they bring in Benavides. So Benavides has a chance to win the money. It, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the winner of this tournament wins a specific amount of money, correct? Yes. I'm not sure what that total is, but there is a cash prize involved. You, but I, I I would even try to. I would sit, I would sit down with Callum Smith and with Benavides and sit down with Callum Smith and say, "Look, this is a chance for you to win a world title. I mean, under this scenario, it's a chance for you to win a world championship. Wouldn't you take that fight on three months' notice or four months' notice? You would take that to begin with and work out some kind of deal that." Maybe the cash prize for Benavides isn't as high. That you say, look, it's not really fair for Benavides to win 
all that money for fighting one time instead of three. Um, kind of like you know when they do those interim belts when when somebody doesn't make weight, where they say if the one guy wins, he's the champion, but if he lo- if the guy that missed weight loses, the belt's vacant or something like that. Maybe you could say. I don't know what the bonus total is. Let's say it's $4 million. Couldn't you, you could say if Smith wins, it's $4 million, but if Benavides wins under the conditions, it's going to be one five. Well, that kind of makes sense. That makes a little bit of sense. I mean, I, I'm not um, saying that would work, but to me that would be more fair. Oh, and it would be you're right. for the viewer, you know, for the fans. Yeah, I mean, it, you're, I mean it's, it's much better than – because, uh, like you said, it's a tournament of attrition, and why, why should Benavides or Ramirez come in and win the full cash prize to fight one fight? But at the same time, it would be advantages for them. They would still say, look, if I win, it would be a sizable cash prize. I will have beaten a good fighter. It will help my brand. I still get the trophy. Right. I, to me, I, I'm not saying it's a great idea, but it's something that could perhaps save something if Groves indeed can't go. But I was super impressed with Benavides. I thought he fought great. Oh, I can't wait. He's got this counter right hand that he throws it so quick over over the opponent's uh, uh, left that I, I can't even explain it. It's just so quick, especially for a super middleweight, man. But we got a few minutes left. Let's let's get into the fights this weekend. We've got um, I, we've got the Superfly too, man. Uh, Rungvazai versus Strada is the big fight for the WBC Junior Bantamweight title. We got Carlos Cuadras versus McWilliams Arroyo and Donnie Nietes versus Juan Carlos uh, Revico and also Valoria on, on the on the card as well. But let's let's talk the main event, man. Rungvazai Estrada. What are you expecting to see? Um, you know, how excited are you for it? You know, g- give me what you got on this one. I'm very excited for it. I think it's it has the capabilities of being a fight of the year thing because Estrada is going to come forward, but yet he comes forward as a as a pressure boxer, as silly as that sounds. Uh, I think this is going to be a great fight. It's going to come down to can Estrada walk through Rungvazai's punches. Estrada's the guy that is not as is kind of moving is not naturally at this weight class. I think there's the test if he can take Rungvazai's punches. Estrada's the better boxer. I think this is another one of those 50-50 fights. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think so, too, man. Estrada, he's just such an all-around good fighter. Like, he's going to he's gonna stand in there. He's going to throw his beautiful, crisp, straight-to-the-point combinations. And Rungvazai is just going to find his, his, his spots and throw those big power shots. Um I'm excited for it, man. This is this is a it's one of them fights, man. Obviously, it's not on the high profile like some of the bigger names in America, but for a boxing fan, like this is the only way you get better than this is if you throw a no way in the mix and then possibly even um uh uh Ansahas in the mix at some point too. Um but this is pretty much as good as you get. I'm excited for it, man. I I can't wait to see it. Um if you if you want our predictions, you can you can Check out the Boxing Challenge uh, blog post that, that Sean Heinberger is going to throw out. You can catch it on his Twitter, at Thoughts of RS. Uh, what's your website, Sean? Uh, thoughtsofrs.blogspot.com. We'll be put up uh, part one of the uh, boxing rankings just went up today. So if you're interested in seeing what Ramon and I and Vince Simano think 
from heavyweight to junior welterweight is currently on the uh, blog right now. Oh, awesome, man. And look, uh, um, I know this podcast today is short. That that was unforeseen. I didn't, I didn't expect that, but um, it happened. But I will be on the lookout for a longer format for us. We got a lot of things we want to talk about. We got to do a podcast with the rankings. That's number one, Sean. Um, so we'll, I'll get together with you offline to, to set that up. Um, and that's going to be great because it, 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 we don't have to worry about anything else, but the podcast is going to be 100% ranked, so that'll be amazing. Um, also, you know, for all our listeners out there who've, you know, become accustomed to us and, and follow us from our blog to, um, you know, following us on Twitter to, to the show and everything, uh, we're going to be dropping some podcasts in the near future to kind of give you a deep dive into our world. Like, like who is Sean Heinberger, the, the, the wealth of boxing knowledge? Who is Ramon R.L. Malpica? So I can't wait to do that. I can't wait. And not only from, you know, from your guys' perspective as fans, but from my perspective, because I'm a fan of Sean as well. So I want to know some more about him. So it's going to be really fun. Um, I look forward to it. So make sure you follow me on Twitter at R.L. Malpica. Follow Sean at Thoughts of RS, and, and we'll be back with another podcast soon. Sean, give your final words in the last 15 seconds. I cannot imagine anybody caring other than Fred Landucci about anything about my life. You know, if, if that's what the people want, that's what we'll, we'll do. Looking forward to this week's fights on HBO. I think they're going to be a lot of fun. It's probably going to be the best card HBO runs in a while from what I've seen after that awful Daniel Jacobs announcement this week. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. So the, the the podcast has ended, Sean. I don't know if it's still recording. Um, and if it is, that's cool. I'll find out afterwards. But um, just wanted to say, man, um, I'm going to try to put these things together. I got I to gotta get something different than um, – than blog talk, but I'll um I'll email you afterwards. Um, actually, I'll probably I'll just call you. Is that cool? And then um, yeah, I'm, I'm are you available here. for like ten minutes? Okay, absolutely. I'll call you. I'll call you, and we'll go over a few things, and then um uh we'll go from there. All right, bud. So sounds good. I'll be listening. I'll, I'll, I'm here. We're good. All right, bye, bye. Good, bye.